You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunza from Sandnam Private Wealth. I'm starting to look, Nick, at the S&P futures a little bit more than I do the oil price. I'm resigned to the fact that oil is stuck between 25 and 35 now, I think, mm. uh, for, for Brent crude. So I'm looking at the S&P, was down about 7% when I woke up this morning, 5, 5.30, uh, 0.7% rather, and is now only down around about a third of a percent. So it's pretty routine stuff. The market really has quietened down. Tell me about the VIX before we move on to other things. Is that back into the low 30s? Uh, no, contraire. It's uh, back into the upper 20s now. So we have what is known as a 20 handle. So mm. the volatility index, uh, the fear gauge of Wall Street at 28% at the moment, uh, up slightly yesterday, but still um, quite unusual when we had those sort of horrific numbers on Friday, it broke 30. So we had those horrific jobless numbers, the worst in, in close on a century. At the same time, we had the VIX hitting sort of in the 20s, which which is a sign that the things are returning to a little bit of normality, at least from asset price movement. So if you crunch the mass, and, and you spoke about the oil price now, uh, S&P as well, we, we've gone from those days of walking in a month ago with limit up, limit down. Yeah. And I guess that is reflected in the VIX. Um, historically, the VIX normally around about 25 26% is where it should be. Uh, the last few years dominated by central bank interventions that were sitting at the low sort of 12s and 13s. But if you look over time, Lindsay, historically, this is it's kind of getting back to where it should be. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. Okay, a quick glance at the VIX tells you, I think, where, where we are. Good. Okay, let's um, go straight then, as there's not much action overseas to the Stock Exchange News Service, where Afrimat Limited came out with a further trading statement, a small one, up 1.5% share price. Barlow World update on the acquisition of Tongot Hewlett Starch, uh, that's up 1.5% as well. Uh, Tongot's cautionary goes out in alignment with the Barlow World one. And how's a bush? No, nothing really much going pick and pay on. Jump. Did you pick up Pick and Pay? Pick up, sorry, just the pun. I'm scrolling. Pick and Pay stores reviewed preliminary condensed consolidated results for the 52 weeks. The share price down, as we speak, eight and two-thirds percent. Mm-hmm. I would say then that uh, before I read you what, uh, what they came out with, that it wasn't particularly pretty. It wasn't particularly pretty, but more concerning once again is people who are looking for close to retirement or looking for a dividend yield. You have to carry on looking because uh, pick uh. and pay the latest South African group to uh, to to come along and cancel their dividend payment, um, which is a little bit perplexing, Lindsay, because. Out of all the sort of companies that are open with a limited uh, exposure in South Africa, pick and pay of one of those that are still actively uh, trading, uh, and quite frankly, is one across the road from me. And uh, when I popped and so walked past on the weekend, there were people queuing out the door. So, bit surprising. So uh, they said they needed to hold on to their cash. They're not going to pay Why? a final dividend. Well, they're warning that disruptions caused by COVID-19 is disruptive trade, uh, such as profitable goods, I guess with the bigger margins, you know, things like liquor and tobacco they mentioned, etc. You know, but it's, you know, it's a bit, uh, I'm not sure how quite how to read with this. You know, it's the more and more these businesses cancel their dividends, the more and more you've got a question from an equity point of view, you know, what are you looking for now? Because the chase for yield continues as the likes of our South African Reserve Bank sort of slash rates down towards zero and all around the world. So I'm quite disappointed with this. I mean, we're, not, we're not holders of it as a group. 
Mm. But we certainly do keep an eye on the stock, and I have clients who hold it, and this is not going to go down well. No, the numbers aren't, aren't particularly good. A turnover comparable, uh, 4.7% mm. up. Turnover reported, I don't know what the difference is, up 3.5%. Gross profit margin up 3.5%, uh, or rather 3.5%. Um, trading profit 8% better, and, and so it goes on. Um, uh, reported headline earnings per share up 2.6. You see, when it goes gets to the earnings per share, whether it's comparable, um, diluted, headline, whatever these bean counters come up with, it's all between minus 0.6 mm. and plus 3.3. So mm. they obviously are suffering. I suppose that it's, it's all to do with, co- you can go to the shop, but if you're not confident enough to go to the shop, uh, then you don't go there, if you see what I mean. Correct. And, and uh, a couple of highlights, I mean, they, they illustrate, they they. They were very detailed in the update, and they, they had a section which called it, they called it lockdown and level four continuations from the 27th of March to present. Okay. And uh, i just read a couple of highlights. This period, which persists at a time of publication, is characterized by severely limited trading as a result of the following factors. And I'll give you the highlights. They talk about regulations confining the population to their place of residence. Um, they said regulations and government statements make it clear they should be limited to essential journeys. Prohibitions on the sale of some goods. The regulations permit the sale of food products, cleaning and hygiene products, basic goods, etc. But at the time of publication, a broad range of products sold by the group are prohibited, including liquor, tobacco, and many general merchandise categories. Those are obviously their big sort of margin items, um, and they go on. But it, it just, for me, it was a, it was quite a realization that the longer we stay. Uh, shut in South Africa, long established businesses that have been around for as long as I can remember, like Big and Pay, they are really under pressure, Lindsay. I mean, this is yeah. this is going right to the heart of the day. I mean, uh, not only are they they battling to to survive to a certain extent, but uh, cashing dividends which people are allowing. So it's you could actually dissect this further. It's not just the fact that it's a bad set of earnings. This is going to knock pensions. This is going to knock uh, you know the the people who rely on a sort of yield. I think it goes a lot further uh, than just the fact of one set of results uh, out of pick and pay. But this is a staple in a lot of SIF conventions. Very much so. Let me read you this. And this gives the whole backdrop uh, to why Mm. the the market is punishing. Participants are punishing the share price. It says here, the group traded in difficult economic conditions throughout the year. Low growth, but we're used to that. High unemployment, we're very used to that, but it's getting higher. Rising household costs and constrained consumer spending in all regions. Uh, So when they say rising household costs, inflation is under control. I suppose they mean administered prices, I suppose, electricity and Mm. so forth. Is that what you think they're referring to? I think so. I think so. Um, and you can also, sorry, you can also dissect. They, they did, I mean, because pick and pay is not just a siphon operation. They've got operations in Zambia and a few places north of our borders. Uh, those pretty much written down as well. Bad trading, uh, currency exposures. I mean, it really was a, not a pretty set of numbers to, to read through. Really not. And if you just take it simplistically, you say, how much stuff did you sell? How much more stuff mm. did you sell? Uh, group turnover growth was 4.7%. And in South Africa, it was 5.1%. Inflation was 2.6% in store year on year, uh, below general inflation, uh, obviously of around about 42 at the moment, something like that, and 3.6% for food. So inflation under control, they're keeping it under control, because they just simply can't pass on extra prices, otherwise they'll lose market share. But this is the one. Trading expenses grew 6.3% year on year, um, which is, you know, you take how much more stuff you've sold and how much more you're paying to sell that stuff. Then you suddenly start to realize, wait a second, this is a, a business that's under a little bit of pressure at the moment. 
Very much so, and and with with expenses increasing, they're selling less of their product. With with certainly their revenue down substantially and cutting a dividend, all of a sudden a share that looked particularly cheap, at, you know, a couple of months ago is not cheap anymore. And herein lies the problem. You've really got to be so careful um, in this this sort of upside down COVID nineteen world um, of what you you know what you actually buy and what you, what stocks you actually look at. Because all of a sudden these these stocks that are coming up, and, and I guess the other one for me as well as canceling dividends, you know what we've seen happening offshorelands is 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 the experts, you know the CEOs and the C suites are canceling their guidances too. So mm. not only have you got the the unknown uh, sort of guidance, which not even the experts can tell you what's going on, um, you've got the add-on with things like pick and pay today. Who even when you thought that maybe you're going to get a bit of a yield on the share, you haven't got that either. So it really makes uh, picking shares is just so difficult. And, and, and once again, I think tying when we, you and I have been saying, you've got to be so cautious as, as the weeks progress now. I really think so. And just to talk about the dividend and the way they, they mm. phrase it, it says here, in light of the current economic upheaval from the COVID-19 pandemic, the board has decided that it would not be prudent. It would be prudent not to declare a dividend rather at this time, but rather to preserve cash okay you want to preserve cash and uh, and it's but it does qualify it says but for the pandemic the board would have declared a final dividend of 173.06 cents per share meaning the maintaining the dividend cover of 1.3 times so yeah they were going to do it but they just said yeah maybe maybe they know something we don't nick in my long-winded way that's what i'm trying to get to here The problem, the problem I've got is that you know investors have long memories, and um, I don't know if this, especially in the South African space too. I, mean, I don't know if this is going to go down very well as long-term shareholders. I mean, you really, you know, one of the one of the few reasons you buy shares in the zero interest rate environment these days is, is to at least get some sort of a yield. Certainly for people who are who are in retirement or close to retirement, I, I really don't think this went down well. And, and you know, an eight percent drop is far more than the dividend yield was at close to four. So. I, I don't. I don't think this did their credibility much good. But I mean, that's my personal opinion. Well, you're the one. If people are looking for yield, as you quite rightly say, with interest rates uh, falling, and the company that you've been used to getting a dividend yield from uh, cancels a dividend mm. completely, rather than just reducing it, then of course, yeah, mm. there's plenty of other retailers out there that might actually serve you serve you better. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, time will tell. Yes, it will. Okay, let's have a look at the spot prices at the moment because we've got uh, a very mixed picture here um, and actually rather boring. Um, I suppose it's good to be boring occasionally. Trust me, I know these things. Um, the dollar round is 1850. British pound against the round is 2281. Euro round is 1999. Euro dollar 10805. Last night in the States, the Dow Jones fell by half a percent. The S&P, though, was unchanged. And the Nasdaq went up 0.8%. Isn't that strange? Dow down, S&P flat, Nasdaq up. This is becoming more and more of a polarization of um, different market sectors, um, which is interesting. Dow Jones futures down about a third of a percent this morning. In the Far East, Tokyo down very slightly. Shanghai the same. Same in um, Australia, I think. Let me just quickly scroll down here. I know Australia, not so good. Down 1.1%, and the Hang Seng down 1.5%. Gold has vaulted its way up through 1700 again, 1704. Platinum is um, barely changed at 771. Where's Palladium, please, Nick? 
Gone 1.2%, $22 to uh, $1,880 per ounce. Crude oil, West Texas is uh, $24.68, which is up two and a quarter percent. Uh, Brent crude is exactly 30 on the nose, uh, up one and a quarter percent. So, so yeah, a slightly firmer uh, backdrop there. Right, what else have we got? Let's have a look at the major well, movers, according to you, before I go through yeah. my list. Mm. I was going to just add quickly just uh, some movements, some economic data out of out of uh, the Far East this morning. It was worth mentioning. We had Chinese uh, PPR numbers uh, produce the past inflation. Yes. Uh, they de- declined by 3.1% year on year. That was actually the fastest drop in four years. So, you know, quite worth noting that inflation is literally nowhere to be seen at the moment. Yes. Okay. Uh, I've got on the upside today, uh, Process up 4.2%, South 32 up 4.1%, Vodacom up 3.4%, JSC Limited up 3.1%, and Naspers up 2 and 3 quarters percent. So we've got Process and Naspers obviously driving the major indices as well. Mm, and ahead of just uh, listeners, ahead of um, tomorrow's reporting of 10 cent, mm. very eagerly awaited given the performance of that share. Uh, that should be out around about uh, midday Johannesburg time tomorrow. Okay, good. And Vodacom doing well again uh, because people are just using so much more data mm. and, and everything else and off to their results. Okay, resilient uh, property down 9% again. Gosh, that was a horrible <laughs> one yesterday as well. That's a really big move. Yeah. Uh, 34.25. Northern Platinum down 8.4%. Redefine down 8.3%. Capitec, 7.3% weaker. And Anglo American PLC down 7.3%. What's that all about? I mean, I understand the property thing. Uh, they're dead in the water, those companies. But what about Capitec and um, Anglo? Yeah, that's. I don't know. I can't comment on. I don't know why Anglo's particularly. But uh, Capitec's an interesting one because yesterday, I think it was also down about 4 or 5% yesterday. It was quite a big down mover, sort of bucking the trend. Mm. Um, I mean, it was a, was a definite outlier amongst the banks that were sold far more. Um, and then again today, so I don't know if it's something to do with, um, you know, obviously there is um, there has been a statement from PSG announcing that they were they were looking at offloading their uh, their Capitec holding in PSG to to try and close that gap between NAV that they have on their books. Um, but once again, I mean, very thin on detail. We don't know if it's going to be the 10% holding. We don't know if it's going to be their, their entire holding, which would be a huge chunk. But uh, there seems to definitely be something going on. And, you know, these, as I said, these markets are quite efficient. But, mm. uh, yeah, two days in a row, uh, it seems to be a lot of overhang in that Capitech share at the moment. Yes, it does seem to be. I mean, it must be very thin this morning because I've just refreshed my screen and almost every single gainer and loser has changed. I mean, I've now got Transaction Capital up 7.2% as the big winner. Sabania <laughs> up 5.5%. British American Tobacco 2.5% to the good. And Pick and Pay coming in at the top of the loser board uh, down ten and two thirds percent suddenly. Mm. Hammerson down four and a quarter. Shoprite, uh, sort of. I suppose people saying, "Well, I can't sell pick and pay when it's down nearly eleven percent. Let's sell something else." So they're selling Shoprite, Sappy, and ACI also on the downside. It, it does look a little bit choppy out there. It's choppy. It's thin, and you know, always gauge gauge how the day is going to go by by the morning sort of notes I prepared before uh, before eight o'clock, and they normally run to four, five, sometimes six pages on a Monday morning. Uh, this morning is two and a half pages. I mean, I literally was trying to find something. I mean, the only two I could come up with were worth, worth watching were um, were uh, the U.S. Department, Labor Department this afternoon. We've got uh, consumer prices, CPI. That could be quite an interesting one to watch. And the one that I thought was quite intriguing, though, I don't know if many market watchers will, will keep an eye on it, but we've got uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci 
He mm. is scheduled to uh, to testify to the Senate today oh, nice. on Health, Education, Labour and Pensions Committee on their plan to reopen schools. So, I mean, that is about the extent of, of what the market moving stuff I could find. Uh, and then again, I think Saudi Aramco was out with some earnings earlier on this morning, the world's biggest company. And other than that, Lindsay, it has been a little bit of a, a news vacuum today. Apart from, of course, last night when Mr. Trump attended, or rather hosted, a press conference in the White House's Rose Garden. He just can't resist it. He, he had to do mm. it because he can't have any rallies, so he has to stand up and uh, be the centre of attention. Did you see how he stormed off, or lumbered off, rather, is no, the no, way to put it? It was so embarrassing what happened at the end there. Fascinating, though. It's fascinating. I, I did pick up the tail end of something he started launching into a new he loves all these catchphrases of his you know that he put tries to make people catch on to and i saw something about obama gate he was talking about the yeah relaunching investigations into obama and he was like well what investigation what is what, what is obama gate yeah and he's like uh, no nothing yeah it did, yeah the chap said to him a newspaper reporter said can you tell me what president obama has done he says he said obama gate Obamagate. You mm. know what he's done. Everyone knows what he's done. It's really obvious what he's done. He said, but what, what has he actually done? Can you tell me? And he just said, Obamagate. And then an Asian-American uh, lady asked him a question. She said, why do you have to always make it a competition? You keep on saying that you've tested more people and this and that, and everything is all about the rankings and, and the ratings. And he said to her, why don't you ask China? And he said, China like that. And she, she took her mm. mask off and she said, why are you asking me this question? She's obviously a Chinese, a Chinese American or of Chinese ancestry. And he mm. just, he just walked off then. Okay. It was very funny. Very entertaining. Anyway, uh, saying that on the back of China, there was a statement out about an hour ago, the, the people's uh, Republic of China official spokesperson saying that, uh, Talks remain for the time being with the trade talks, mm. and they are committed to getting something going. So that gave the market a little bit of a bounce, sort of 20 points on the S&P. So that's why we're seeing a little bit of a, a push higher. But, uh, yeah, I think this, the, the market today is certainly – I think it will be driven on, on tweets in this uh, – We'll be chatting to David Shapiro at uh, right about five o'clock this evening for the five o'clock shadow. Uh, That was the opening and Nick Kunza is from Sun and Private Wealth. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.